Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon once again, and it is a great pleasure to join you today on The Master Key. Who are you in relationship with? Who is the key that God has assigned to your life to unlock your destiny, to unlock your purpose? Everyone that is born in the earth is a key or a door to someone's destiny. So who is the key? Who is the door that God has brought into your life that you will pass through, that you will enter into your destiny? Every person that is born in the earth is born because there was a purpose, a design in mind that God had for you to fulfill that nobody else could fulfill. That is a reality. If God did not want you here, he knew how to close your mother's womb. You are not a mistake. Even if you were born out of wedlock, you are not a mistake. God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He knows how to close the womb of any woman. All through the Bible we see that there was women that was barren, and they had supernatural conception. So therefore, if God did not want you here, you could not have been here. God had a design. God had a purpose in mind. He knew you before you was conceived in your mother's womb. That must be a reality to you. Once again, I am your host of the Master Key, Dr. E.J. McKenzie. We have uh, a call-in number. If those that desire to call in, today is area code 3 four seven two three seven five four nine three once again our call in number is area code three four seven two three seven five four nine three you also uh can uh chat and i'm still getting a little uh, familiar with the chat thing here so um that is really not my forte but we do have um the capacity to chat with you um, I can read your chat and probably uh, uh, answer it on, over the Internet here, but for it's me uh, chatting you back, it's going to be very difficult for me to do that uh, while I'm communicating with you. So, uh, But we do have the capacity. Uh, you can log in uh, to um, Blog Talk Radio forward slash EJMPCC, and you can join us live at this present time. So I'm really looking forward to a great time being with you today. Uh, we've been sharing a lot in the areas of relationship. I am a relationship person. I'm a stickler in the areas of relationship um, because God is a relational God. Everything that God does, he does it from the perspective of relationship. Um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit uh, collaborates together in the creation of humanity. Even the heavens and the earth was created by not just the head of the Godhead, but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, we need to understand the order of God concerning relationships. Once we begin to understand that and begin to execute it, there's absolutely no stopping us. There's the enemy of relationships. The ultimate goal is to get you and I to violate the order of relationships. He, his ultimate goal is to get you and I to be blinded concerning uh, our assignment. And uh, if we don't understand the assignment, if we don't understand the function, then we're going to always uh, move outside of our measure. And once you move outside of your measure, what's going to happen, then I'm going to tap in some things that wasn't assigned by God. I'm going to do some things that God did not assign me to do. And I'm going to move out of the strength of my impulses or the impulses of my flesh, but not from the impulses of the Spirit of the living God. So I want to talk about leadership today. Um, we've been sharing. Matter of fact, I, I need to share this because the majority of you uh, 
was expecting uh, uh, my wife to be on today. Today is her day, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, but she had a uh, meeting, so I'm filling in for her uh, today. And Thursday, we're probably going to do a, um, a message that she's doing. We have a prophet training uh, this week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We have a prophet training, so she will be a part of that prophet training. We'll be down south Miami. And so there's a powerful message that she ministered uh, uh, to the ladies at the at a house there. And uh, I believe it's going to be a tremendous blessing to uh, the women. Uh, let me just give you a rundown of our programs that we have on Mondays and Thursdays. That is me, uh, Unlocking and Liberating the Real You. Uh, that's uh, what we're sharing on Mondays and Fridays. Uh, the Master Key, Unlocking the Real You on Tuesdays and Thursday. The Master Key, Women of the Kingdom. That's by my wife, Kathy McKenzie. And on uh, Saturdays, well, Wednesdays, uh, Kathy and I have coming together. Uh, we do this thing on the order of the kingdom relationship, the order of kingdom relationships. Uh, we have an archive. You can go back and listen to that. That was a very powerful message, a lot of revelation that God gave me right on the spot uh, on that particular message on last Wednesday. So Wednesday, tomorrow, we should be coming back together tomorrow, Catherine, myself, and, and sharing on kingdom relationships or the order of kingdom relationships. And on Saturday, uh, not this Saturday, because we have the prophet training. The following Saturday, we're, we're going to start our uh, noonday uh, intercessory prayer and prophetic encounter. What we're going to do, uh, we'll have a call in for people that desire prayer, intercession and warfare, and we will have a team together to battle the war on your behalf. And we'll ha- we're also going to have a, a team of prophetic voices uh, that's going to be uh, speaking into the lives of those that will call in. And uh, what you would do, you will either call in and we will assign a team to call you back and they will give you the word of the Lord or you can uh, chat and uh, we would get your chat. And we may even do something on, online here. Uh, we're trying to be discreet uh, uh, because a lot of people may not want their uh, word to be heard online. But we'll see how the Lord uh, uh, share with us how to do it. And uh, when he tells us to do it, that's exactly how we would do it. Uh, the goal is to be a blessing. And so we definitely desire to be a blessing to humanity with the giftings of God that God has graced us with. So uh, uh, we're looking forward to that. That is the second Saturday of this month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Uh, also, we are going to be having... Uh, uh, different guests, different apostles. We're apostolic and prophetic in nature, so therefore uh, we will have the fivefold ministry gifts uh, uh, as guests on these broadcasts to be able to be, to be able to be a blessing to you. Uh, what I love about God is that there's different graces and different dimensions of people that are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And so if we want to expose um, the world to the different graces, uh, I already spoke to uh, uh, different uh, several apostles and prophets, and they uh, would love to be a guest with us. And so we will have them on. And so uh, you can be able to ask them questions concerning the grace of God that's upon their lives, the anointing of God upon their life, how God processed them. Everybody that God will raise up will always go through a processing. And so as they are processed, uh, then God will choose them. The Bible says many are called, uh, but few are chosen. It's amazing. It said few are chosen, but we've got a lot of people that's been chosen. But nevertheless, uh, but we will have different guests uh, online uh, to be with you and to be able to be a blessing to you, even to pray over you to have the gifts of healings and miracles, uh, people that have the gifts of prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, to be able to speak uh, the word of the Lord into your life. And humanity at large need to be exposed um, to the supernatural power of God. Uh, uh, the majority of humanity at large, they're, they're, uh, they're familiar with the supernatural flowing through witches and warlocks of uh, palm readers or whatever the case may be. Um, but there's a power that is greater than the powers of darkness. And, and God has gifted his people. And so, therefore, we God is going to use this radio broadcast to be able to be a blessing uh, to countless thousands of uh, uh, that will call in and, and tune in and listen to this broadcast. So we're excited about it. 
So once again, do not forget uh, our schedule, Mondays and Wednesday. And, and once again, also, this is a test run. Uh, we may change some of the times. We may even go to uh, a night uh, time where we do uh, some night uh, programs. But right now, all of the programs is at 1 p.m. It's at Saturday, which is at 12 noon. So uh, we're looking forward to that. All right, so we want to talk about leadership uh, today. Um, uh, God is a God of uh, order. Uh, 2012, the number 12 is the number of government, and this is uh, a time that God is establishing his government, even a greater dimension in the body of Christ, and he's raising up new uh, governmental authorities uh, to the body. And there's a shift that's taking place. I believe it as it is in the nature, it is also in the spirit. And what I mean by that is that uh, usually what takes place here has already taken place in the realm of God. It's just manifesting here. This is an election year. And so, therefore, we're looking at uh, either uh, getting a new president or this president that we have will be reelected. Uh, I believe God is getting ready to raise up new leadership, and I believe that God is uh, um, causing us to experience a shift uh, in the kingdom of God. Um, and I believe there's men and women that God has had on the backside of the desert uh, for countless years in preparation. He's been preparing them for their season, and uh, and that's how God does it. He just don't give you a prophetic word or reveal to you in a dream that I'm going to raise you up. He will reveal, and then he will take you through a season of preparation. And and the way he does that, he takes you through, a, uh, when he takes you through a season of preparation, it's all designed is to cause you and I to come to the end of themselves. Uh, when I begin to look in the word of the Lord and even look at my own life as a pattern, uh, what God began to do with me, uh, it's sort of like Abraham. He took Abraham from his country, from his father's house. God took me from my uh, father's house. Uh, I'm originally uh, from St. Petersburg, Florida. That's the west coast of Florida, uh, around about close to Tampa, next to Tampa and Sarasota, in between those two. And, and the Lord uh, led me from St. Petersburg, Florida, here to South Florida, to the Miami area. Uh, my mentor met him in a uh, revival meeting there, and uh, I was only saved for one year. I was going to a Seventh-day Adventist church. I was, uh, quote-unquote, a Seventh-day Adventist because a young lady that God used to bring me to Christ went to a Seventh-day Adventist church. I wasn't raised up in the church. So um, I went to a Seventh-day Adventist church. And so when I met him and God connected us and God revealed that I was to be connected with him and he was to be my father and my mentor and I was to be the protege and a son to this man of God, uh, in the process of time, uh, I've um, uh, asked God to give me a sign. And, and, you know, I was only save a year, so uh, I asked him for a sign. <laughs> and he uh, gave me a sign. And uh, and God transitioned me. And the reason of bringing this out, this is how leaders is made. Uh, uh, leaders isn't ra- usually isn't raised up by God by going to Bible school. Uh, some of the greatest leaders in in the history of Christian Dome did not go to Bible school. Uh, and we're not knocking Bible school. God has graced me to receive. Uh, I have an earned doctorate degree in uh, theology. And so I'm not knocking Bible school at all. Uh, I'm trying to show you the process. And, and, and matter of fact, I, I got my degree after God had uh, process mean well you never finish processing because you'll be processing until you leave here but here's the pattern and so uh, uh, when I came here uh, God began to use the man of God to process me so you can never be a great leader until you're a great servant and this must become a reality to every man a woman of God that God is raising up and God is preparing to raise up it's your ability to serve. You cannot be tricked or manipulated by your gifting and your talent. And that's what, that's what has happened in the body of Christ. And it's not uh, many 
uh, young leaders' fault. It is many of the older leaders' fault, our fault, how we have raised up people and put people in a position of authority uh, based on their giftings and based on their talent and not based on their character development. Uh, your gift will not sustain you in the heat of the battle. But your character, that dimension of Christ that is developed on the inside of you, it will sustain you. It will keep you when all hell break loose against you. We have some of the greatest gifted uh, men and women of God uh, that has ever existed in Christendom today. We got some of the most knowledgeable men and women of God in Christendom that has ever been uh, raised up in our day and time. Uh, 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 some of the most, some of the greatest teachers, and some of the greatest preachers, and some of the uh, some of the most anointed uh, men and women of God is in our day and time. Signs, wonders, and notable miracles. And so, when we see the giftings of God being uh, manifested in an individual life, we automatically think that they are ready, and we call that spiritual. And that is the manipulation, and that is what what has caused a lot of the downfall, and a lot of us leaders is because we was raised up too soon. We was put in position of authority too soon, and uh, Paul uh, uh, made it clear in the word of the Lord that we're not to put a novice in position of authority. But when we think about a novice, we you automatically think about a somebody that's just young. But you can be safe for fifty years and still be young, young in God. Young and knowing God, you can have great knowledge about God, and this is where we make so many mistakes. Not understand that there is a distinction between knowing God and knowing about God. Uh, um, the scribes and the Pharisees had tremendous knowledge about God, but they didn't know God. And if you would notice that Jesus did not choose not one religious leader to be his disciple because he didn't have time to wrestle uh, uh, with the disciples concerning knowledge, concerning uh, 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 information. He didn't have time to do that. So, so many times when you're struggling and you're wrestling with your leader because you know some things, it is a revelation that you have been elevated too soon because and you're immature. Maturity have nothing to do with how much stuff you know, how much information you know. I was sharing with a young man today uh, 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 in the gym this morning, and he was sharing some principles with me that he had come come to know. Uh, some excellent principles he was sharing with me, and uh, which was a revelation of sound of maturity on his behalf. And uh, and and one of the things I was sharing with him, uh, the distinction between knowledge. Because he was sharing with someone, he said, uh, uh, "I'm just scratching the surface." And uh, he said, "Man, I don't know everything. I don't, I don't know it." He said, "You look at me as a man of wisdom." But he said, "I'm constantly uh, progressing uh, as a man, and, and that's true. And only a man of, uh, of humility would concede it, discern it, and understand that, and and walk in that. And uh, because when you think that you have arrived, it's really time for you." to ask God to go ahead and take you out of here. It's time to go ahead and die. Because when you think you've arrived, you are no good to yourself, and you can you are no good to anyone else. Because when you think you've arrived, you're not going to listen to anyone. You never receive anything from anyone. And no one in this earth realm has come into the full scope of God, has mastered God, and have come into the full knowledge of God. And we're constantly growing into the knowledge of the Father and the Son, as Paul says in the word of the Lord. And but there, and I was sharing with him. Uh, there's uh, two main, but three Greek words that I use when I'm teaching knowledge. Uh, Edo uh, is exact, perfect knowledge. But genosis is what the majority of Christians have. Genosis is acquiring knowledge. Uh, we are full of uh, scriptures. We know scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. That is genosis. That is the kind of knowledge that Paul was writing to the Corinthian church that puffs up. That's the kind of knowledge that makes you prideful and arrogant and conceited. Uh, it is genosis. But epignosis is experiential knowledge. That is knowledge that is applied. That is knowledge uh, that you have become a part of and it become a part of you. The Bible says that Jesus 
of the word became flesh. When you apply the word and it becomes epignosis, uh, the word becomes one with you and you become one with the word. That is how transformation takes place. That is how man is transformed. That's how his mind, the Bible should be able to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So it is the application of that which has been revealed to you that you experience transformation that is epignosis. And so, therefore, going back to being a servant, a servant understands uh, uh, his, his res- about responsibility. Excuse me. He understands his responsibility. He understands his assignment from God. Your assignment. When God spoke to Elijah, to throw your mantle upon Elijah, Elijah had an assignment from God. And when he threw the mantle upon Elijah, Elijah had an assignment from God. Elijah's assignment was to mentor Elisha. Elisha's assignment from God was to serve Elisha. But this pattern has been lost in the church. This pattern has been lost in humanity. I wouldn't even say humanity because we even see the world. The world really uh, is applying these principles greater than the church is. The most successful corporations in the world have a mentor-protege system in place. They're applying this, and, and, and that's what making these corporations successful. What has happened to this element in the church? And even after Elijah had died, and there was a king, the king of Israel and the king of Judah, uh, they was going to battle to, uh, together. The king of Israel wrote a letter to the king of Judah and said, come to go to battle with me. And, and they agreed. And he said, if there's any prophets, they called for the prophets of the king of Israel, and they prophesied. He said, is there any other prophets? He said, well, that's that one, that prophet Elijah, who washed the hands of Elijah. He was recognized as a man that washed the hands of his master, Elijah. He wasn't recognized as this great, great prophet of God, even though Elijah did double the miracles of Elijah. He was recognized as a servant, the man that poured water on the hands of Elijah. Nobody today wants to be recognized as a man that poured water on the hands of another man. We want to be acknowledged as an Elijah, not an Elisha. We want to be recognized as a Moses and not a Joshua. And this is the manipulation of the powers of darkness to stop and dismantle the development of the men and the women of God in the church. When we are not developed, when we are not allowed to be processed, you and I will never be able to tap into the realm of the spirit. We will never be able to walk in the spirit. We will never be able to see and hear in the spirit because why? The mentor's job is to help you come to the end of everything that you are dependent on in this realm. Everything that you think you know, everything that you think you have acquired, acquired, is to bring you to the end of that, that there is no dependency upon absolutely no one and no thing in this realm. It's only after you have died to this realm that you will begin to live in the realm of the spirit. We don't understand that. And that is the manipulation of the powers of darkness. And believe it or not, and the reason that we're experiencing such a low scale of the supernatural in the earth realm is because of this process here. You can do spiritual things. You can flow in the supernatural and do supernatural things, but not live supernaturally. And that is the manipulation. I'm going to say that again. You can do supernatural things, but not live supernaturally. You say, how could it be? Well, the Corinthian church is a perfect example. Flowed in the gifts of the Spirit, but Paul called him carnal. So it's nowhere in the world that you can be carnal and live in the Spirit. Because the Bible says a carnal mind is enmity against God. 
he that is carnal minds the things of the flesh. He that is spiritual minds the things of the spirit. And he that minds the things of the flesh, the Bible let us know, is death. But he that minds the things of the spirit is life and peace. So the Corinthian church was gifted. They flowed in the gifts of the spirit. So they did spiritual things, but they wasn't spiritual themselves. And that is manipulation. We see this also in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, round about verse 21. Jesus said, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said, but some will come to me in that day and say, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I laid hands on the sick and they recovered in your name. They was doing spiritual things. But he turns around and said, in that day I'm going to say to you, depart from me. I know you not, you worker of iniquity. Wait a minute. Didn't you just not say that he did supernatural things? Yes. But he called him a worker of iniquity? Yes. But how did he do that? Because he, he was gifted. But he did those things outside of a relationship with the one whose name he was using. Everything is about relationship. Everything is about an order that God has established in the earth for the success of humanity. You didn't choose your parents. I didn't choose mine. You don't choose your leader. You, I mean, God has assigned a leader to you. And God has assigned you to a leader. Just like God... Form knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. God knew you before he formed you and gave you to a leader. Before you wasn't born, he already found a leader to you. And your leader could be your parents, but usually it is not. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. I said usually. I didn't say all the time. I didn't say not so, but I said Usually, God will give a man another man. Elijah was a man of God. His parents, most likely, they were Israelites. His parents were men and women of God. But God chose Elijah, Elijah to mentor Elijah. Uh, surely, Joshua's parents was men and women of God. All of them came out of Egypt. They was right there in the wilderness. But God chose Moses to mentor him. So usually, not all the time, but usually, this is the way God operates. And so therefore, the goal is to get you to become a servant. A true servant does not live in the strength of themselves. Look at a servant a service equated to the level of a slave. A slave really understands that they don't own themselves. A slave understands that I've been bought with a price. So therefore, my master owned me. So if the master called at 3 a.m., would the slave complain? Absolutely not. The slave understands that I'm a slave. And I only live for the pleasure of my master. I don't live for the pleasure of myself. But how many servants in the body of Christ have that mentality? You know, I ain't serving no man. Well, you're really not serving the man. You're really serving the one that assigned you to the man. And... God only gets glory when you execute his will to the one that he have assigned you to. God, when he talk, brought me from St. Petersburg, Florida, here to South Florida, and I began to serve the man of God, Dr. Brown, my motive was pure. My motive, I forgot about my dreams, my vision, really didn't have any, because I never saw myself as a preacher. Uh, uh, matter of fact, he went throat me out there. 
If it wasn't him, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, I obeyed. This is how you come to the end of yourself, how you serve. When you submit yourself to your authority, and any authority of wisdom, authority that is mature, it's difficult for a, a leader to mentor or process someone that's never been mentored or processed themselves. And that is another problem in the body of Christ. How many of us have submitted to someone to process us? But this is what we want. We want God to process us directly. Not indirectly, directly. So we want God to process us, but not through somebody. But you want to process somebody, but what if the person that God assigned to you to process, they say, well, who process you? God. Well, then I'm going to let God process me. Then I don't want you to process me. I want God to process me just like he processed you. God has an order. It was God training Adam. Adam was to train Eve. We've we, we got to understand the process here. And any time that you see God, and this is a biblical principle that you really got to understand, any time that you see God processing a man or a woman, and I just want to say man because of what we see in the Bible, or a woman, directly it is because God is getting ready to do something fresh and new in the earth. You can take that to the bank. He's getting ready to do something fresh and new, or he's getting ready to establish a new dispensation in the earth. He's getting ready to burst something in the earth that he has not birthed in before. Anytime he's dealing with a man personally, God established Adam, created Adam, and God mentored Adam. This is the beginning of the human race. He's starting something fresh and new. When we see God mentoring Noah, God mentored Noah. He's getting ready to do something new in the earth. He's getting ready to destroy all life on earth. Only those that with Noah will be saved. And he's going to start humanity all over again. God dealt with him. When we can see God doing something new again, he stuff out a man named Abraham. God mentored Abraham. God mentored Abraham, so God mentoring him, because he's getting ready to start something fresh and new in the earth. What? He's getting ready to establish the Jewish nation. There was no Jewish nation. He's starting something fresh. He's starting something new in the earth realm. Once again, we see God mentoring Moses. What God is getting ready to do? He's getting to do something fresh and new in the earth. What? He's getting ready to set Israel free from Egyptian bondage and to take them into the promised land. We don't see God mentoring every leader personally. That is not the order of God. Well, anytime he does, it's because he's getting ready to do something fresh and new in the earth realm. We see it with Jesus. Who mentored Jesus? God mentors Jesus. Why? He's getting ready to do something fresh and new in the earth realm. What is he getting ready to do? He's getting ready to defeat Satan. He's getting ready to defeat sin. He's getting ready to defeat death. And he's getting ready to establish life and abundance, life in the earth realm. He's getting ready to release the Holy Spirit which not re wasn't released until he was glorified. He's getting ready to establish a dispensation of grace, a dispensation of the Holy Spirit, which we're in today. So therefore, if you're saying God has mentored you personally, that means God has used, raised you up to do something fresh and something new in the earth realm concerning the history of this earth or even the body of Christ. Or humanity at large. Because he don't operate that way. God's pattern of mentoring people is through people. That's God's pattern of operation. The majority of people will always be mentored to someone. 
But Satan's ultimate goal is to always get the protege to violate his relationship with his mentor so he's not fully developed. The Bible says a servant is not greater than his master, but a servant can be as his master. People, you got protégés, think they as their master because of the scriptures that they know, <laughs> the information that they know, but their life is lacking. You say, how how can you tell? How do you know? Uh, uh, to me, they're great men and women of God. I mean, dynamite preachers, dynamite teachers, dynamite apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Dynamite! Awesome. What do you say? Well, look at, I always look, this is what I measure leaders by. I measure leaders by the capacity to handle pressure. Or their lack of uh, their lack of ability to handle pressure. When you fall under pressure, is a revelation of what kind of relationship that you have with him, who called you. If you buckle up under the pressure, then he's not real to you. The circumstance and the situation is more real to you. And I believe that you have never, you never was fully processed. You did not allow God to complete the process for him to call you into ministry. Because you've got to understand, when God is your God and God's reality to you, he's more real to you than the devil, than all hell that is breaking loose against you against everyone that is coming against you, everyone that is speaking against you. You must go through that. And you must go through that, and how you handle that reveals who you are and who lives in you. Can you love the people that rose up against you? Can you still love them? Can you still pray for them? Can you, from your heart, walk in forgiveness towards them? See, see, the way that happens is by you being processed. See, can you still serve your leader after your leader correct you? Can you still serve your man of God or woman of God after they rebuke you? Can you still be loyal to them? Can you still be dedicated to them? If you abort the relationship, if there's a revelation that you are more carnal and fleshly than you are spiritual, and you never allowed yourself to become spiritual. Because you didn't abort the relationship of the man or the woman. You abort the relationship with God. God called you to the relationship. Either he called you to it or he didn't call you to it. And so, therefore, if he called you to it and you're experiencing pain, it is God. You said that's God. It is God. Think about what, what, what Isaiah 53 says in verse 10. Isaiah 53 verse 10 says, it, the, father, the scripture says, the, it, it pleased the father to bruise his own son. He said, please, that don't make any sense. Well, I know to the natural mind it doesn't make any sense. It pleased the father to bruise him. Hebrews 12 says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chastens, scourges. So if, they, if you are a true servant and have a true mentor or a true son, have a true father, without that, trust me, if that has never happened to you, it's a relationship of vanity. It's a relationship of vanity. You say, how is a relationship of vanity? Because it, it can never produce anything. It can never, it can never get you to tap into who you really are, the dimensions of God that's on the inside of you. That means Christ was never formed in you, or Christ could not be formed in you because you didn't yield and submit to the process. Your mentor, if he loves you, 
He's not there to destroy. You have an assignment from God to make sure that there is absolutely nothing in this realm that you can see, hear, smell, taste, and feel you are dependent on. And when the leader brings you to the end of that process, that there's nothing left that you trust in, but your leader's God, your mentor's God, who you cannot see, you are ready now. You are ready to be released. You are ready now to lead someone because you're living now and depending now in the realm of God, the invisible realm of God, the supernatural. That's what it really means to walk by faith and not by sight. But so many aborts it. So how do they abort it? Well, let me give you give you my testimony. Let me give you uh, my challenges serving Dr. Brown. When I began to uh, uh, when I left St. Petersburg and came here, uh, he's the man of God. Uh, so he's the man of God. So therefore, uh, um, um, if I want what I see in the man, which was God, then I'm going to submit and do what the man of God tell me. And, and by no means, please don't misunderstand me. I did not say I didn't struggle. I did not say I was, wasn't rebellious. At times I was because I didn't understand this thing. I did not understand the supernatural. I did not understand leadership. I did not understand submission to authority. I didn't, I didn't have a book to read. Uh, there was no training I went through. There was no lessons uh, that I went through. I learned by falling on my face, by failing, and God educating me and training me. Give, give you some, some examples. Uh, uh, I say a few weeks after I left St. Petersburg traveling with Dr. Brown, we uh, we stopped in, I think, Orlando or Gainesville and put up the tent. We went to Sarasota first, did a meeting, left there, went to Orlando, I forgot which one of those cities. He spoke to me, said, son, the Lord said, uh, no, he even said, the Lord said, he said, uh, you are the minister, preach the noonday service. I'm going to preach the noonday service. I'm not a preacher. But you would have preached the noonday service. I'm not going to preach. Oh, yes, you are. I'm not going to preach. I don't know how to preach. How do you get a message? He said, the Lord will show you. Don't tell me if that ain't throwing you in deep water and you can't swim. And what do you think I did? I preached the noonday service. That's how God taught me. That's how I was trained. But I obeyed the man of God. I was scared. Didn't see myself as a preacher. But the man of God said, God said, Williams said, God said, you are to preach. It was my submission to the man that activated the ability of God in me. But we want, we want, something to come upon us. We want the Holy Ghost to overshower us and we feel the presence of God and we go out with this great presence. I ain't feel none of that. I ain't sense no God, no Holy Ghost, no nothing. And watch this right here. What do you think I preached? Since I didn't know how to give a message, didn't know how to preach. So what do you think I preached? What I heard the man of God preach. I took notes every time he ministered. I, every word came out of his mouth. I treated it like gold. Every time he ministered, I went back over it before I went to bed that night. The next morning I woke up, I went back over what came out of his mouth. There was no book to teach me that. That was in me. The Spirit of God put that in me. I didn't recognize it then. Submitting to the authority. 
I never drove a big truck. Never in my life drove a big truck. And we traveled a tent. He said, I want you to drive the truck back to Miami. I'm not driving no truck to Miami. I ain't never drove no truck like that before. You're going to drive the truck. I'm not driving that truck. What do you think happened? I drove the truck. But by the mere fact that when he told me I was going to do something, I came back and said, I'm not doing that, which revealed my immaturity. Because it was a lack of trust. The more you develop, when your mentor tell you to do something, there's no going back and forth, back and forth. See, when you mature, you know that God is speaking through your mentor. You submit to the mentor because you know God is speaking through the mentor. And so, therefore, and the mentor sees something you don't see and knows something that you don't know. And, and there somewhere you are not. And so, therefore, in order for them to arrive where they are or to know what they know is to do what they ask me to do. Well, a caller of mine that's listening to me today would say, man, that sounds like control to me, because that's another word that the enemy is inf uh, infused into the body of Christ uh, when it comes down to biblical relation. It sounds like control. If God assigned the relationship, you've got to trust God. And the only way you trust the man of God is because you trust God. You don't trust the man of God. You trust God. You trust God that called you to the relationship. You trust God that has assigned you to the relationship. And your loyalty, your submission, your honor to the man or the woman is a reflection of your faith, trust, and confidence in God who called you to the relationship. This is how this thing works. This, and so many people's lives is on hold. So many people has has experienced so many setbacks because they don't understand the order of authority. They don't understand how to honor. They say, but I honor God. It's impossible to honor God without honoring those that God has assigned to you. The Bible says you to honor your father and your mother. You should honor them because they're perfect. The Bible says honor them because they're nice. It is to honor them because they're kind to you. You're to honor them because you have an assignment from God to honor them. If they never was good parents, if they never did anything good, you honor them because of your relationship with the Most High God. You want to bring glory to God. But we allow our emotions and our feelings to dictate how we relate to the assigned relationships, our parents. My parents has not perfect. My father was an alcoholic. My mother has not always been the 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 most affectionate. Matter of fact, my mother's really not an affectionate person. So, so I'm, I'm trying to get you to see something. But I have an obligation, responsibility unto the Lord to honor her. My father has passed, regardless what she do or don't do. And there's been some things that have been done that have, is not biblical. Uh, you have to forgive and keep on doing what God has assigned you because it's about your destiny. Not your, not your mentor's destiny, not your mother or father's destiny, your destiny. And the Bible says if I honor my parents, um, then I will live long. So my lifespan is contingent upon me honoring. What about my spiritual lifespan? Is my spiritual lifespan also... It's contingent upon how I honor who God has assigned me to. You've got to understand, your mother and father is not perfect. Your mentor will not be perfect. But there is something that is developed, a dimension of God is developing in that you need. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of purpose. If you assign you to a relationship, that means there's something there's something that is in that's been developed in the man or the woman that you need. Not they don't need it, you need it. But how am I going to get it? Serving. Serving with a pure motive. How you serve with a pure motive? You serve 
without you trying to use them as a stepping stone to get to where you want to go. It don't work that way. And God knows the motive of every man's heart, every man's mind. He knows the motive. So he knows uh, that you're in this relationship for person again. But you're not in it to cause gain. I'm going to say it again. You're in this relationship for personal gain. You're not in this relationship to cause gain. And that's what people don't get. I hear people all the time. I can't count the men and women that have come through Panorama and said, the Lord sent me here. And I'll ask me, will you be my spiritual father? The Lord sent you here? Yes, the Lord sent me here. Well, why did the Lord send you here? The Lord sent me here because you got something that I need. They don't understand. They just expose themselves. And they'll never get what they really need because they're not coming here to give. They're not coming here to serve. They're coming to get. You don't get until you give. But what am I going to give? My life. I'm giving myself um, to enhance you. I'm giving myself... um, to promote you. I'm giving myself for the elevation of you and the advancement of you and your ministry. Don't, you, you don't understand. It is impossible for you to live for the enhancement of somebody else without creating your future, baby. God has graced me and blessed me exceedingly abundantly above all the neighbor to ask or think. I go into the positive work on the inside of me because I lived for the success of Dr. Brown. I set aside fast days. I didn't ask him that. He didn't tell him this unless God revealed it to him. Every week, I fasted for him. I set aside a day. I didn't pray for my daddy, my mama, my brother, my sister, nephew, niece, uncle, aunt. I didn't pray for nobody in the church. I didn't pray for myself. That date was his day. I fasted and prayed, and I did it for years. I didn't say months. I did it for years. Fasting and praying for the advancement of this man. God elevated him. God raised the man of God up. God used him. Opened up doors for the man of God. Not realizing what I was praying into him, I was really creating for me, had no clue, no idea. Bless the man economically. Let your favor rest upon the man of God. When you have a true servant, you want to, when you're a true servant, a true servant, your heart is for your mentor. Your motive is pure. You are not wicked. You are not malicious. You're not envious of your leader. You're not jealous of your leader. Here's another processing, period. This is, this is a good one. I'll probably close here because this is vital, vital, vital. This, this one I'm getting ready to break down to you. The enemy used to bombard my mind because this is my spiritual father. And because I didn't really know how to be a son, what a son was, and I didn't really know what a father should be, so I had un unfulfilled expectations. And this is probably one of the greatest tools that the devil used to destroy relationships when you don't understand the function of a spiritual father, the function of a spiritual son. What is what is the responsibility of a spiritual father? What's the responsibility of a spiritual son? What is the assignment of a spiritual father? What's the assignment of a spirit? If you don't understand, the devil going to jack you up, and he jacked me up big time. I used to, I, I, when I married my wife, I served my man of God for many years, and I had nothing in the natural proof. I said, God, I served a man all these years. I ain't got nothing to show for it. I, I have nothing. And the Spirit of God said, you got, you got all things. You got everything. I'm looking around. I got everything. I have nothing. God said, you have everything. And this was the manipulation. See, I learned a lot of things that felt falling on my face. You can, you can take advantage of the things I'm sharing with you today, and you can supersede me in leaps and bounds because you don't have to go through the, the mental torment and the mental warfare uh, uh, against my leader. Now, here's my spiritual father, but here's the manipulation. 
I was looking at him, wanting him to do for me as a natural father. And so, therefore, he really didn't hardly do absolutely too many, hardly nothing for me naturally. I lived with him. He provided shelter for me by me leaving my hometown, coming here for a season. For a season, I lived with him. For I mean, he fed me for a season until I, uh, 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 when I came here, I got a job. And even watch this right here. There was this time when I even worked. He said, uh, "Son, I need you to give me your paycheck." No problem. I had no responsibilities. I gave the man my whole paycheck except my tithes and 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 uh, money to catch the bus going back and forth to work. He said, "Watch this right here." And I'm a grown man. I want no child. I want no kid. I'm a grown man. But I came to the end of myself. I didn't understand spiritual things. I just trusted the man. He's the man of God. And see, if he's wrong, God will judge him. My job is to follow. My job is to submit. So that happened for a season. But the enemy began to bombard my mind because I didn't understand the distinction between the spiritual father and the natural father. In order for you to get the spiritual, you must be willing to get the natural. In order to get the spirit, you must be willing to serve with the natural. That's where we get tricked and manipulated. And here's here's and this is when God solidified this thing. I remember when I was in uh, doing a revival in Orlando, Florida, and uh, uh, Dr. Brown. Uh, I'm seeing the thing here with this chat here. This chat, something is wrong here. Uh, it's an error here, and if we, if we got somebody in chat, um, uh, I can't see it. There's an error sign here, so therefore I just want you to let you know. So it's not neglecting anyone. Just don't uh, can't get to it. It's uh, got an error sign there. Uh, he called me and said, "Son, uh, they asked everyone in the church to give a thousand dollars for Founders Week. That is the pastor's anniversary." He said, are you going to give the $1,000? I said, uh, yeah, I plan on giving $1,000. He said, do you have the 1000 uh, Could uh, you give it earlier? I said, what, what's going on? What's up? He said, I see a car, a Lincoln that I want to buy, um, and uh, I don't have all of the money. And uh, so I get back with you. When I got off the phone, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, what's wrong with you? Why are you upset? I said, well, Lord, you know, uh, my father has several vehicles. I don't even have one. He never even offered me not one of his vehicles. And the Lord didn't even answer me. He said it again. Why are you upset? Other words, when God speaks two times, get quiet, very quiet. Close your mouth and just listen. The Lord was showing me that I had an issue, that I didn't had no idea I had an issue. And the Lord showed me he allowed my spiritual father to call me because he wanted to bring the surface something in me that was going to hinder my relationship with him, with God. And my destiny. And and, and, and and when the Lord showed me, I repented before the Most High God, and I got that $1,000 of the man of God. Didn't he have a car? So the man of God can get another car. Several vehicles. I didn't have one. See, that's the manipulation. And to get you to look on the natural. And you will forfeit the supernatural. And God has graced me with several vehicles now. And paid cash for the last, I think the last five or six of them. I pray that you got something out of this. It's time for us to close. I pray that you got something out of this concerning leadership. Matter of fact, I had so many scriptures I wanted to give today, but the Spirit of God just totally led me differently today. I was really led by the Spirit of God, and I was speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because I know there's people that's online and people that chat. They was hearing this, and God was ministering to the essence of your need. And so, therefore, my prayer is um, that you would take this and you would run with it. And, and if you have violated it, repent. Get back in place and allow God to do this thing for you. Once again, listen, we're having Bishop Bill Hammond with us this Sunday night. You don't want to miss this. It's one night only. Bishop Bill Hammond, he's going to be with us uh, at the Embassy Suites Hotel downtown uh, uh, Miami Airport. So that's going to be uh, Sunday night at 6 p.m. You don't want to miss that. So come be with us and join us. And don't, uh, don't forget tomorrow. It'll be uh, Kathy and myself. We will be here on tomorrow. 
and looking forward to being with you on the order of kingdom relationship. Go to the iCars and listen to the one we did last week. It will be a tremendous blessing to you. We love you guys. Appreciate you. Once again, I appreciate you coming, uh, being online with us, being on chat with us, uh, and tell someone about the um, Block Talk Radio program uh, every day at uh, 1 p.m. We look forward to being with you on Saturday after next for the prophetic and intercessory time. We're going to have with you. God bless you. Until tomorrow, let the rest of your day be blessed.